Are you struggling to get your project off the ground? Is the term research a dirty word? Need help finding more resources? Today, the Center for Nursing Inquiry has a guest to join the podcast. Welcome, Carolyn Fowler. Carolyn is the director of the Center for the Practice of Collaborative Leadership at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. She holds faculty joint appointments at the Johns Hopkins University School of Nursing and Bloomberg School of Public Health. Carolyn, who trained and worked as a nurse in South Africa, is an award-winning educator whose career has bridged public health and healthcare, as well as academic and practice settings. Her unifying career focus has been developing leadership and community capacity to find evaluation-informed collaborative solutions to complex issues. At CPCL, Carolyn's focus is supporting nurses from frontline to boardroom in the practice of trust building, curiosity, and personal mastery. Welcome, Carolyn Fowler. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another Center for Nursing Inquiry podcast. Elizabeth Scala here, the Research Program Coordinator, also wearing my interviewer hat today. So I'm here with Carolyn Fowler. She's the director at the CPCL, which you might have heard the term. It's called Practice of Collaborative Leadership. And so Carolyn and I are having a couple chats here, a few back-to-back podcasts, about the overlap between the Center for Nursing Inquiry and the Center for Practice of Collaborative Leadership. You know, how do inquiry projects need to have this collaborative piece, this leadership in action piece? And then how can the CPCL benefit from folks that are in frontline doing inquiry projects. So we're all about collaboration these days in these three podcasts we've got going right here. And this time, Carolyn, we've brought you on to speak specifically about what we love to talk about. I can't wait to hear your response. Questions first, methods second. So, you know, frontline staff are out there like, oh, we're going to get ready for an inquiry project. We got to think about the methods. You know, how am I going to design this? Is it a quantitative research study? Is it a qualitative focus group? Do I need to go to the IRB? You know, let me go contact the Center for Nursing Inquiry and figure out the steps to get into my project. And I've heard you talk about it many times. It's really kind of that's backwards. It's got to you got to put your questions first and your methods second. So talk to us. Why is that? Well, thanks, Elizabeth. And hello again, everyone. Thanks for listening. I want to start with a a quick question, a quick example. So everything we do in life is informed by our questions. So let me give you this question. Imagine that you are going to present at a formal setting or maybe you're going for a job interview. If you wake up and you ask yourself the question, what would I like to wear today? That's a very different question than if you ask yourself the question, what is appropriate for me to wear today? And because everything that we learn and every action that we decide to take is in answer to the question we asked, we have to make sure that we have the right questions. And we know this as nurses in the way we talk with our patients. So if I say to a patient, you're still taking the medication the way I told you to take it, right? As opposed to, could you tell me how it is that you take this medication? Or could you show me how you use this inhaler? Those are very different questions and they generate very different answers. The second reason for questions first, method second, is that every discovery in the history of humankind has started with an unanswered question. 
that there's something that we don't know, there's something we can't explain, there's something that makes no sense to us, there's something that we're just uneasy about, and the questions that we generate as a result of that are what lead us to the inquiry process and hopefully the answers. And so if you think about it, the answers to the questions that we ask are what will move our EBP or QI or research work forward. So they are sort of ends. If you think about them as ends or short-term ends, those answers are what move us forward. The methods are simply the means to the end. They're simply how can we get the best answers to these important questions? But until you have the question, you can't pick the best means to getting there. Absolutely. So often when the Center for Nursing Inquiry goes out to a nurse, nursing student, even technician, um, and we're asked to come out to the unit and consult on a specific project, and we're already trying to get to how to do the project, I would say, Carolyn, nine times out of 10 have to back up and help the staff member think about is the question the accurate question and even to back up. Well, how do you know it's a problem? And why is that? And how did you know? So you're right. If we don't have the correct question, we will not get to the methodology that'll help us answer that question. So it's very, I mean, this sounds like easy in concept and, and like, I can talk about it to you. We can have the discussion. It can be challenging, I would believe. It can be because I've seen, but I, I'm thinking of my own projects. It may be challenging to actually do and to practice. So how would you recommend you know, a listener start thinking about questions? Great. Well, I'm also going to offer a resource at this point as well. A couple of years ago, you gave Aaron Van Dyke, my colleague and I, an opportunity to present at Scholars Day on this topic. So we have the PowerPoint PDF from that presentation. So maybe we could give listeners an opportunity to look at that because that's more than we can cover in these few moments. But essentially, what we always say is you want to start with the it you're trying to understand. What is the it you hope to learn about. And imagine that that's an onion and there are layers to it. So the obvious question, the obvious it that you're looking at is not necessarily what it is that you will ultimately need to understand. So for example, I could say, well, I know that some of our newer nurses are not doing a good job with central lines, for example. And I could say, well, then the problem we have is our new nurses and we need to blame them and we need to train them and we need to do all of these things to make sure they come in line. But I remember hearing the example of some wonderful work that was done in one of our intensive care units where they asked themselves a different question. They asked themselves a question, what is it that we as a team of experienced nurses are not doing to support our newer nurses that has us in a situation where they're still struggling to manage these lines? And that's a profoundly different question because you're coming at it from a different level of ownership and a completely different perspective. The second thing you want to ask questions about is the context. So if I'm trying to change a practice, what do I need to know about the setting? What's special about our setting? What do we have to consider in terms of the practice restrictions, the practice limitations? And in the resource I'll share with you, people can look at more of those factors. The third thing that we always ask people to consider is the history. If I want to change something today, how did we get to this place? And this is really important, Elizabeth, because firstly, there are lessons to be learned in history in terms of 
have people tried things and rejected them before? Has something, you know, not worked? Or is there a reason that we haven't accepted it? But it's also important when we're doing EBP or QI to have change put in place because when people have previously tried something and actively decided they didn't like it and actively rejected it, then it's much harder to have change happen in future. So we need to know what is the sensitization to this issue. And then we need to say, what do we need to know about as we think about moving forward? What are the questions I have to ask about that? So if I'm thinking that I want a technological solution or a staffing change, I need to think about, well, what are the questions I need to ask about the impact of that, the cost of that? If I do this, is there something else that I can't do? What's the burden of this? What are the unexpected advantages of this? And so really, to sum it up, I I really recommend question brainstorming kind of process. If you can think about the idea that you want to hire the best person for the job, you would ideally like to have a lot of candidates to choose from, not just one or two. And that's how I think about questions, is I like people to generate questions and just throw up the questions, just throw them up and get them out there. And then as we begin to read the literature and we to have more conversations, we have a clearer idea of which are the questions that are truly going to work for us, which are the questions to ask first, which are the priority questions, and then we can match our methods to those questions. Fantastic. So trying to figure out the it, putting it into a context, considering the history, you know, what has already happened in the first place. And then what I heard you talking about was like the fit and feasibility. You know, how is this going to work in our current setting and in our restrictions or limitations or in our, you know, supportive environments? And yes, to everyone listening, we will share the PowerPoint from Nursing Scholars Day. So great mention of that resource. So I also wonder then, you know, sometimes in the process of asking questions, you may be led to people that you need to work with on these inquiry projects. Can you speak a bit about that? You know, how does asking questions lead you to the people that you need to collaborate with? Oh, well, I absolutely love this piece of it because, you know, so many of the frameworks we have for thinking through problems require that we just start with what we know and we kind of shuffle around the stuff we already know. And all we're doing is, you know, if we have the wrong questions, we're we're shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, right? I mean, we still have blind spots about what we don't know. And the thing I love about the collaborative generation of questions is that sometimes we realize that the person who holds the answer to that question isn't there and we need to reach out to them. And then the other thing I'll challenge us all to do is to say, what is it that I don't know? Maybe I don't even know enough about this to ask the right questions. So there's a Daniel Burstyn quote that I absolutely love. And he says, the greatest obstacle to discovery is not ignorance, it's the illusion of knowledge. And so sometimes when I'm struggling to ask the right questions, what I'll say to myself is, maybe you don't know enough about this to even know which questions to ask and who are the people who could help you ask the right questions. So potentially, if we're doing something that involves pharmacy, we might want to say to pharmacy, what are the questions that you would hope that we would be asking about this issue? 
are there questions here that you think we've missed? And then as we begin to reach to people so that we can both answer questions and learn about which questions to ask, that then broadens our awareness of who our potential collaborators and partners truly are in this work. Wonderful. It's a great sort of reminder to think about stakeholders, both pre-project implementation, during this question brainstorming phase, collaborators we need to tap into who may have, as Carolyn was suggesting, the question, the correct question we need to ask, or even resources to help us get the answers to some of our questions. So goodness, we could. We could definitely talk about this for days, but keeping these short for our listening audience, and we'll have another podcast coming up next time with Carolyn. Carolyn, where can folks listening connect with you online? Well, if you want to reach to me directly, you can reach me at C Fowler and the number one at jhmi.edu. And if you have a more general question for the center, you can reach us at cpcl at jhmi.edu. Excellent. Thank you. So thank you for coming on the podcast again and for having the Center for Nursing Inquiry and the Center for Practice of Collaborative Leadership Overlap and actually collaboration. So listeners will be at you another time in the future with another podcast with Carolyn Fowler. Thank you. 